Sports Radio 104.3 The Fan. Every Saturday morning, it's Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. Terry takes you inside the outdoors. You know, hunting, fishing, camping. It's Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. Now, here's Terry. Good morning on this. uh, It's a beautiful sunny day. It's not going to be extremely warm today. I tell you, we're in those... uh, well, we should still be in winter, but in Colorado, especially on the front range here, we can get shoulder seasons almost any time of the year. You know, so we're going to talk about the changing conditions a lot today. There's still some great ice fishing up in the mountains. It's questionable here on the front range, very questionable. We want to make sure you're safe and don't do anything that could uh, lead to a tragedy. But we got some cold weather coming. Will that change it? We'll talk about that with two or three different people today. Are we going to get another round of front range ice fishing? There's hunting going on. We're going to talk some competitive shooting in the second hour. And a big uh, piece of news I want to get out to everybody is next week, the uh, director of Colorado Parks and Wildlife, Dan um, uh, Prenslow, is going to join us on the show live. And uh, we're going to spend some time with him and go over what the state of Colorado Parks and Wildlife is. And now that he's been director for a while, what his vision is and what his thoughts are. But he's also willing to take questions. Now, we're not going to be able to take questions by phone calls because of the the COVID way we're set up. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to put a post on Facebook. I'll probably do it Monday Maybe I'll do one today and another one Monday after the Super Bowl so it doesn't get lost. On the Facebook page, follow us on Facebook. That's Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on Facebook. And what we'll do is we'll let you put comments in the comments of the post about questions you would like to ask the director. Whether you're new to the outdoors, you don't understand some policies, or you're seeing things that you wish were a little different or don't understand, why they're done the way they are, let's get those questions to them. Now, we only may only have time for two or three questions, so we may take the ones that we hear the most. So go to Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on Facebook. I'll put up a post. If you can't wait for the post, you can message us there, too, at Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. So any questions for the director, we will try to get in as many as we can. I, it'll be limited to a few, but we'll try to get the ones we think are most impactful. All right, let's go right to the phones. Joining us. Um, he's a, an accomplished angler, worked with the in fisherman staff at Camp Fish. He's a guide. He's run several calling contests for waterfall hunting, and he's a very frequent contributor to the show, Brad Peterson. Good morning, Brad. Good morning, Terry. It's uh, crazy conditions out there right now, isn't it? I mean, I was Karen and I were actually out on the patio a few days ago, and now it's going to be warm for two or three days, and then we're going to get... Uh, single-digit nights and some 20s and 30s during the day, but only for about three, four days. Um, Conditions have changed. Are they going to change more? You know, I think they definitely are. Right now, the thing that's really been hurting our ice conditions are the warm days that we've been having have also been corresponding with wind. And, you know, today it's a cooler day, but, you know, I'm up here in – in the Brighton area right now and the wind is blowing real hard so even if it's not you know real warm and a lot of the ice would be melting from the heat boy that wave action from the wind can just tear it off and and I think 
you know, you might have seen it, but they actually had to do a, a rescue out at St. Brain yesterday. So this uncertain weather stuff, man, I, I tell you what, if you're thinking about ice fishing, I strongly recommend going up to the hills. If you're going to try anything local, make sure you're out with someone. You've got the proper safety equipment. You're spudding your way out. Be extra, extra cautious right now just because it's it's changing, you know, day to day. And even it's, you know, some days it may be safe in the morning and by the afternoon stuff is not safe at all. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. You know, another factor we run into, even though it's cool, cool air temperatures actually lag behind the sun angles. And the sun is, our days are getting longer as far as sunlight. The sun's at a higher, the apex of the sun is higher this time of the year. We're getting a lot more UV action, even on cloudy days on the ice. So I don't, it's going to be difficult to make ice, and it's going to be even more difficult to keep it from going away. The front range, especially, even if we get three, four days, we may cap some ice. But, boy, the way those conditions could be as far as, you know, three, four days of cool weather might give you a false sense that there's some ice out there. But there could be just numerous weak spots. I'm kind of leaning towards telling people, you know, if you're going to fish the front range, maybe find some open water. And we'll talk about that. And if you're going to fish up in the mountain, if you want to ice fish, and I still want to get in one more trip, head up to one of the mountain destinations. They're fishing well. In fact, we're going to cover those a lot later in the show. Um, But if you have a couple you want to throw out, go ahead. First, maybe some mountain destinations you've heard are fishing well. Well, the nice thing is living here along the Front Range, you don't have to go far to get up into the mountains that uh, provide opportunities. You've got Evergreen that's not too far away. Um, you know, the Red Feather Lakes area, those are all fishing well. I talked to someone that was up uh, fishing North Michigan last weekend and got into a, a lot of fish. Um, you know, again, like we talked about those locations, they, they may not be the spots for the big fish if you want to target big fish. You know, then you're looking at more of your 11-mile, your Antero, your Lake Johns. But if you just want action, there's some great spots for action real close to the metro area. And there's some places like Granby and Williams Fork that could give you big fish and action if you get into the right times in the right places. So there's still lots of opportunities. Uh, Don't push your luck on the front range. However, let's switch gears. Now with this ice going off, uh, even though you maybe can't get a boat out yet, with the water warming up towards shore, with open water appearing on almost all the front range lakes, that gives us a lot of opportunities for things like walleyes and trout right here from open water, doesn't it? Oh, it absolutely does. You know, the nice thing about both those species is they're they're cool or cold water fish, so they are very active at this time of year with the water temperature, and the walleyes are starting to think about spawning. You know, the trout are going to start cruising the shoreline. So any spot that when I'm looking for an early season spot to go, I'm targeting two things draw my attention first. Number one is any sort of flowing water. So if there's water coming into the the lake that you're fishing or pond, that's going to attract fish because it's going to have more nutrients coming in. It's usually a little bit warmer, and it's going to draw them in. And the second spot is rocks. Anything that has rocks is going to warm up quicker as well and start that bug life. So those are the two areas I kind of target when I'm going out spring fishing for either 
you know, walleyes, trout, and, and the other fish that's pretty good right at ice out are crappies, too. Yep, you're absolutely right. One of the things I will say about the walleyes in particular, they can be a real persnickety. You can get an, a bite one day. You can get none the next day. You can get two bites one day, but they're 20-plus-inch fish. So the walleyes, you might need to do a little more homework and be a little more patient and put in some time. The trout, especially lakes that have been stocked in the front range that didn't get a lot of ice fishing pressure because of the changing ice, um, they're going to be abundant by shore and probably pretty easy to catch and make a, and, and really make a good time out of it. Oh, absolutely. And when I'm going out fishing this time of year, I'm going out to catch fish on my long rod. You know, it's, it's been a while since I've been out there. So I like using presentations that are going to be effective for multiple species. So a small eight-ounce jig with maybe a, a white twister tail or a small, you know, size nine original Rapala minnow reeled real slow, you know, that's going to be able to catch crappie. You know, you might even catch some bass on there. Trout absolutely love it, and you've got a good chance of catching some walleye. So it's, I like those presentations where you can catch multiple species right now, and it, it improves your chances of having a day with, you know, where you could catch 10 or 15 fish. And, you know, some of these front-range lakes, we talked about it's mostly numbers, but they do have some pretty good holdover fish. I mean, you'll get some of them, like if you're fishing the open water at Chatfield or Aurora or Cherry Creek or, or Boyd or uh, even Horsetooth or any of these front-range lakes, they have some pretty big trout that aren't readily available during the summer that you could really uh, get into a nice one this time of the year. Oh, yeah. You you know, those fish they stocked in the fall, were, a lot of them were 12 inches, and they've been growing all winter long. So you're looking at a 14-inch fish a lot of times just from those those fish that have been stocked, but not to mention that they dump in a few bigger fish or those holdover fish. So it's not uncommon to get some of those 16 to 20 inch trout this time of year. It's probably one of the best times of the year along the front range to catch those bigger trout. I couldn't agree more. Now we're going to talk more fishing later in the show, folks, but I want to change gears while we've got Brad on. Brad, you're also our waterfall expert on the show. We turn to you. Uh, duck season is over. There's a week left of regular goose season, and then we have the conservation season. Should goose hunters be putting their shotguns away, or is, is there enough out there for one more trip? And what about the conservation season? I tell you what, if the weather holds out the way they're talking, up north of us is finally starting to get some snow and some consistently cold weather. And down south is starting to warm up. So I think this last week of goose season, we could kind of have a really good opportunity because we're going to have a few of those birds that stayed north still push down to us, and we have a chance of getting some of those southern birds, you know, pushing north. So we could be in a, a situation where, you know, middle of next week through next weekend, that last, the end of goose season there, it, it could be, you know, some of the best hunting of the year. So so don't put your stuff away. The one thing I will say that uh, I have seen some people doing that has been improving their success is going to smaller spreads. It seems like the birds have seen a lot of decoys. So sometimes getting down to those two dozen or less will actually produce better than putting out those big spreads uh, for the Canada geese. Now, as the snow geese start showing up, 
Uh, that season opens up on February 15th, right after the dog season, and that runs all the way till the end of April. But I would say the best time for us is usually that February time frame, right when it opens, through about the 20th of March. And what you're looking for is those warm days, particularly if you can find the southern wind, you're going to get those birds really migrating up into the area, and they'll be new. So once you start getting from about Pruitt East, on the South Platte or down there near Eads, uh, Lamar, and those areas down in the Southeast region are going to be your areas to kind of target for the snow geese. And if you've never done it, uh, it can be a lot of fun. It does take a lot of decoys. So if you haven't done it, you know, find yourself a guide who does a snow goose hunt. You're going to have a lot of fun. But if you've done it before, I mean, it's, um, it's one that, uh, Getting out with your buddies and enjoying that kind of springtime, as you talked about the shoulder season, it's a perfect shoulder season hunt. And, you know, combine it with a casting blast, too, because most of these happen on areas where there's some pretty good fishing. And I'll tell you what, if we don't always get the, the huge flocks of snow geese, they're hard to time. Also in Colorado, they get even further east. But if you're fortunate enough to be out and one of those big flocks come through, they can almost blacken the sky, Brad. Oh, they can. You know, I've been out where it gets so loud from the birds calling as they're coming in that you can't talk to someone that's, you know, four or five feet away. It's just that loud. And so it's one of those experiences in the outdoors, if you're a waterfall hunter, that you just have to have at some point in time. It's one of those bucket list experiences because um, there's just nothing like it. Brad, we got to go. Um, if people want to get a hold of you for more information or book trips, how do they do that? Uh, you can find me on Facebook at Brad Peterson Outdoors or give me a call at 303-829-3998. All right, my friend, we will talk again soon. All right. Thanks a lot, Terry. Thanks, Brad Peterson. We're going to take a quick time out. We come back. Um, Michelle Siebert's going to join us from Bar Lake. There's just a lot going on there, and it's so close to town. That and so much more coming up on Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan. Terry Wickstrom Outdoors is brought to you in part by Jack's Outdoor Gear. They've got locations up and down the Front Range, Lafayette, Broomfield, Fort Collins, Loveland, and even Cheyenne. If you're headed to an outdoor activity, make Jack's your first stop. Let's go right to the phones. And uh, joining us from Bar Lake is Michelle Siebert. Good morning, Michelle. Good morning, Terry. How are you today? You know, I'm doing good. The sun is shining. I'm looking out my studio window, and it looks pretty nice out there. I like it. And there's lots of people that, you know, we saw tons of people get outdoors this year, and it didn't slow down when we got to the winter. Those people said, hey, I've, I've either rediscovered or I've discovered the outdoors. I'm going to keep going. And yeah. our state parks really came into play, and I'm sure Bar Lake was one of those. Why don't you first tell people where Bar Lake is located? For sure. So we're in Brighton, Colorado. We're 25 minutes east of Denver, so we're just a, a quick day trip. We're right off of I-76 in Bromley, and people always say they can they drive past all the time and they see our big lake, so people should stop by. Well, there's nothing to do there. Why would they come there? Oh, now, Terry. <laughs> nah, you know I'm only kidding. I love your place. Just tremendous th- things to do. Before we get into the details, the first question everybody asks in the West is water levels and at this time of the year, ice conditions. Did you ever develop ice? Is there any ice? And what are the water levels? 
So we are filling, um, and, and there is a lot more water than there was. You know, we went down to conservation level this last summer, um, so the water levels are filling. Um, we never really got any good ice for or for ice fishing this year, and um, we have a lot of open water right now. So you can shore fish for sure. And I understand you might be getting a couple fish added to the lake this Tuesday. Yes, we are getting a stocking. Um, our fish hatchery is coming out. Um, so on Tuesday, they'll be stocking. I'm not quite sure what they're stocking, but we're going we're gonna to get some fish in the lake. Yeah, that, well, and you know, no matter what they stock, if it's trout, they're catchable immediately. If it's warm water fish, which probably I wouldn't think they'd be available yet. They usually stock those more uh, spring and summer, but I'm not sure. Um, but if, if they were, those little fish get the big fish excited, and they come up and start feeding too. So there's, I, th- I would think that Wednesday, Thursday, probably be pretty good opportunities to fish from shore there. But there's a lot more to do out there than just that. Tell us, uh, one of the things people come out there for is the eagles. Yes, yeah, so this time of year, um, our, we have our wintering eagle population. We've counted up to 90 in one day. That's our record this year. Um, but they come here to winter. We, we like to say that Bar Lake is the bed and breakfast for birds. So we have their food, their water, and their shelter. Bald eagles love high cottonwood trees, and they love to fish. So we are, we're a prime area for bald eagles. So it's a great time of year to come out and see them. Um, our nesting pair will start to nest anywhere from mid February to late February. So it's just a great time of year to come out. And honestly, I thought it was going to be colder today, but it's a little windy, but the sun's out. It's a beautiful time to be outside. Well, it's supposed to be warm for the next couple of days. I heard there's a football game tomorrow, but not everybody watches it. So if people, tomorrow would be a great day. It's going to be warm, good day to go to Bar Lake and, and do lots of activities. It's going to get a little cool later in the week. But you know what else? There's other things to do there. One of the things that I've always been, uh, well, you've, you've got trails, you've got picnicking, you've got your, your interpretive center or your nature center, but your archery ranges, your 3D range, you've been telling me you're upgrading that. What's the status of that? Yeah, so March 1st, our 3D range will open back up, but we got new 3D targets. And then we also are working with an um, Eagle Scout to help us build a raised platform. So um, it's just really great. We got a, a lot of new targets. We got a brand new elk. We got a Velociraptor. It's just going to be really fun to open up on March 1st. I'm going to have to do research on when the season for Velociraptors is in Colorado. So. Yes, it's, it's very rare. Not very many yeah. licenses for that. <laughs> Yeah, but you know, um, you also have a a standing range that's a typical range that's open year-round too, but the 3D ranges for people that are going to archery hunt, it makes such a difference. Like say your elk, people get an opportunity to take shots from different angles, different heights, different positions, and not only do they get used to taking those shots, but they see where how the arrow entered the animal. Now, if you just have a flat target out there, a small target, okay, I hit within the bullseye or hit within the rings or within the target. But when you shoot into a 3D target, you actually get a sense of how your arrow would have affected that animal. I think it's great, great training. Yeah, it's uh, really we... a great opportunity. It, it, there's 10 stations we have, and you kind of start out flat, and you go in a ravine, and then you come up on top of a, of a hill. So it's just a great opportunity. It really is. Now, there's lots to do. We talked about Bar Lake, but there's one new uh, addition to your equipment and your opportunities that I actually wrote about this in the Denver Post when uh, Stoughton Park had one or two, and now you have a track chair. I think this is so incredible. Tell us about this. 
So we have a track chair that a Staunton has loaned us, and um, it's a, a wheelchair that is um, made to be out on the trails and on different terrain. So we're really excited to be accessible for all. There are some people with different abilities that can't maybe make the hike, which is over a mile to the Nature Center. And you were very honored to be able to have the track chair. We had um, some training the last couple weeks with volunteers. So when someone calls our Nature Center um, and they'll make a reservation, a volunteer is going to go out with them, and they're going to talk about the park and what you can see. And, and, you know, they can bring their family and their friends. And it might be one of the only opportunities where they can all go out on a hike together. And we're just really excited to have the track chair and be able to be accessible for everyone. Now, let's, uh, so you said a volunteer, so they call and make a reservation. How long do they reserve it for? Like a couple hours, a half a yeah, day? What's it's about a, a, a two-hour um, trip. So we tell the volunteers that are coming they'll be here about three hours, but usually about two hours. Um, if they go from the Nature Center 1.3 miles to the Gazebo Boardwalk, it took about an hour and a half. We've taken it out twice now with people. Um, so it's just a great to see people getting out. Now, at Staunton, they also let them reserve it so they could take the trail up to the fishing lake and mm-hmm. spend maybe an hour or so fishing. Can they do that at Bar Lake, too? Yeah, you know, we, we're we open for all the opportunities to get people out. So it would be exciting to get people out um, at the boat ramp area as well. So how do how do I reserve it? Do I call Bar Lake? Do you have information on your website? Do you have information uh, yeah, so, online on yeah. it? Yeah, for right now, they'll just call the Nature Center at 303-659-6005. They can also send us a message on Facebook, and eventually here in the next um, week or so, we'll have it up on our website. But we're just really excited about this opportunity. I'm extremely excited. I've I've known some people that were uh, challenged, handicapped in certain ways, and this gave them a chance to get out and explore and go on the trails and maybe go fishing or maybe just go watch the eagles and, and go on a trail walk with their friends and just gets them out of the house. It's just, I think it's just a tremendous, tremendous uh, opportunity. Uh, we've got to run, but anything else you want to let us know? before? Oh, you've got some other things coming up quickly. Tell us about those. Um, so, you know, we have lots of different bird walks and archery um, classes coming, so make sure you go to our website. And I just also wanted to remind people, you know, the leave no trace principles. So with this time of all our parks being super busy, just make sure, you know, that we're, we're remembering there's seven leave no trace principles. A couple of them are respect wildlife, trash your trash. Um, we just want to make sure that we are protecting our resources so if anyone has any questions, be sure to see any park staff, and we'll be happy to help you enjoy the outdoors. All right. As always, Michelle, great to have you on. You've got a great facility so close to the metro area. Hopefully people will get out and enjoy it. Thank you so much. Have a great day. All right. <clears throat> Michelle Siebert from Bar Lake State Park, great place to recreate. We'll take a quick time out, and we'll come back with more from State Parks on Terry Wickstrom Outdoors, presented by Jack's Outdoor Gear on 104.3 The Fan. Terry Wickstrom Outdoors is brought to you in part by Jack's Outdoor Gear. 65 years old, still growing up and going out and having fun. You should check them out. Let's go right to the phones. And joining us from Cheyenne Mountain State Park is uh, Prudence Cromer. Good morning, Prudence. Good morning, Terry. How is it down in uh, the Cheyenne Mountain Park area? It's beautiful and sunny here, a little cool, but really nice. 
Um, same here. The sunshine is out and it is a little cool. We actually have a race going on in the park right now, but um, people will definitely be showing up uh, here soon and definitely in the afternoon. Well, why don't you tell people where Cheyenne Mountain Park is located and just briefly describe the park a little bit? Yeah, sure. So Cheyenne Mountain State Park is just south of Colorado Springs. What's nice about the park is when you're at the park, you feel like you're in the mountains, but home is not that far away if you live in Colorado Springs. Um, and then a conveniency of having stores not that far away. Um, so like I said, it's south of town. The state park is across from gate number five of Fort Carson. And there's lots to see at the park when it comes to um, seeing the mule deer and the coyotes and all different type of birds and and rafters. So it, it's nestled right on the front range of Colorado Springs. Yeah, and you've got, of course, trails. You've got lots of trails. And you've got camping. Do you have year-round camping? We do have year-round camping. Um, so specifically with the campgrounds, we have 51 full hookup campsites as well as 10 tent sites. Uh, the full hookup is water, sewer, 50, 30, and 20 electrical hookups. And then we also have amenities, so the coin-operated showers and laundry. Um, and then when it comes to the actual trails, we have 28 miles of hiking trails, ranging from easy to challenging trails. Our newest trail is called the Dixon Trail, and that goes up to the top of Cheyenne Mountain. So there's some amazing views up there. We also have designated dog trails, and that's the northern part of the park. All trails are open to hikers and mountain bikers, and then we do have some equestrian trails as well. Um, other fun things to do in the park, we have an amazing archery range. This opened in 2013. Um, it's located uh, just south on 115 of the park off of Pine Oaks Road, and we have a static range. We have 10 lanes there ranging from 10 to 80 yards. We have 28 field targets, including a 3D range. Um, we also have a nine-hole disc golf course, which is new to me. I didn't know it existed. Uh, all of the holes are, are a par three except two of the holes, and we also rent the discs here. So it's great for friends and family to come out and do that activity. You're right. There's just a lot to do. You know, Prudence said we've seen this flow of people getting into the outdoors since covid uh, people mm -hmm. that hadn't been outdoors before, people that were getting back outdoors, and, of course, the regulars that go all the time. And state parks has been a huge part of their ability to, um, to recreate outdoors by supplying resources. Now, COVID kind of put a damper on, on some of the events and things, but you sent me a, a list of things that you're going to try to accomplish at Cheyenne Mountain. And I think a lot of the parks are going to do some of these different things and get people out first. Prudence, what is your function there at Cheyenne Mountain Park? Well, I am brand new. I've been here a month. Um, I am the marketing and interpretive intern. So basically, I get to have fun all day. Um, I'm creating different programs. I'm um, running existing programs that have been previously presented. I'm really uh, just diving deep in CPW and Cheyenne Mountain State Park. This internship is really to show me um, – the backside of the career building of um, Cheyenne, State, Cheyenne Mountain State Park and um, Colorado Parks and Wildlife. So um, 
I have a lot to do, but I'm so excited to be here. <laughs> Let's go through some of the activities you're planning and how COVID is going to affect them, how they might have been different. Let's start out starting out right away. I mean, coming up this month, you have what's called your full moon hikes. Tell me about those. Yes. Um, so back to our, our COVID um, restriction rules. We are definitely following the El Paso County Public Health COVID restrictions. So um, for all the events, we have our visitors wear um, face masks and then the six feet social distancing. And then as of right now, we're at we're capped at 10 participants for the guided outdoor um, events. And it just went up today because we moved up to um, code yellow. So we have uh, more uh, opportunity for, for bigger events outside. So yeah, the full moon night hike series. Um, we just did the wolf moon full, full moon night hike a couple weeks ago. Then we have four coming up, um, one in February, one in March, one in April, and then one in May. So basically we're going to be out hiking for an hour doing, um, a 5k talking about how our human eyes adjust to darkness and nocturnal animals and how they survive and, um, we're going to have moon and astronomy facts presented by Dave Warner, who is the education specialist for Colorado Springs Astronomical Society. So um, that series of the Moonlight Hikes uh, is very educational when it comes to astronomy and the outdoors. Um, we have other events as well. How, how, how much uh, do you want me to keep going here? <laughs> well, another one, that, another one that involves the archery is your Sunday in the park. That's coming up in March. Tell me about that. Yeah, so Sunday in the park, it's going to be featuring Dave Werner, who I just mentioned. Basically, he's going to be bringing a special telescope where we can view the sun through the sun's atmosphere, and he's going to talk about how positive and negative impacts, um, how the sun positively and negatively impacts our planet, as well as many other fun facts. Uh, but Dave is a world of information, uh, and he just enjoys volunteering. And um, the Sunday is open to all ages. If you want to come learn about the sun and get to the park, it's a great opportunity. That is uh, March 21st. And all these events that we have here, you can call the Visitor Center at Cheyenne Mountain State Park to sign up um, for these events. I would suggest calling ahead of time just because we are capped at that 10-person limit. All these events are free. You just have to pay the $9 uh, day pass here. Or if you have a year pass, you can get in too. So, Very yeah. much, now, yeah. Real quick, I, I, we don't have time to go through all these, but I just want to mention yeah. some stuff you have coming up. Uh, you mentioned your archery range. You have a bunch of events starting at about <laughs> April. You have mom and me, dad and me, campground open archery, women only archery, archery for first responders and a pumpkin shoot. So there's just spread through the year. You've got painting in the park. You've got kids to park ranch days. How about Father's Day cornhole tournaments? So there's a lot on your plate that you can offer people. Tell me again how they would find out more about these and how they sign up. Yeah, so you can go to the Cheyenne Mountain um, State Park website. We also have a Facebook account. We also have Twitter. We also have Instagram. Um, but basically, you can go to the site. Uh, you'll see events on the right-hand side of the website, and you click on the event that you want to participate in, and it'll um, direct you to the visitor center. So um, you can call the visitor center, reserve that spot, 
uh, again, all, all events are free, and it's $9 for the day pass or if you have that annual pass. All right, Prudence, thank you so much for joining us. Just I hope that the other parks are going to follow because this is just the kind of thing we need to get people outdoors and bring a lot of value to their life. Thank you for joining us. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Terry. All right, you bet. Prudence from Cheyenne Mountain State Park. Hey, we're going to take a quick time out. We come back, Austin Parr is going to join us. We're going to talk fishing conditions again, where you can ice fish, where there's open water, and maybe what you should be looking out for. All that and more coming up on Terry Wickstrom Outdoors, presented by Jack's Outdoor Gear on 104.3 The Fan. Bobby Zimmerman from my hometown in Hibbing. You know him as uh, Bob Dylan, but what a, what a talent he was. You're listening to Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan. Let's go right to the phones. And joining us is Austin Parr. Good morning, Austin. Good morning, Terry. Thanks for having me. Oh, thanks for coming on. You know, it's... Uh, we talked earlier, I talked a little bit to Brad Peterson when we opened the show. We're we're at those, I guess you could call it the shoulder seasons. The temperatures are going to get cold next week for about four days, but the sun is higher in the sky and the wind is blowing. And on the front range, the ice conditions have deteriorated pretty rapidly. Um, people still want to get out fishing. There are ice fishing opportunities, but there's also open water opportunities and I know you want to update us on what you're hearing, but my feeling right now is probably I'm a little leery of getting out on any ice on the front range itself. How are you feeling about things? I would completely agree with that. There's still been people that have been pushing it, and although you may find some ice somewhere that is what you would think would be safe as far as thickness is concerned, the amount of of heating and thawing of that ice right now a lot of times degrades the quality of that ice. So although you may find something that's four or six inches, uh, it's just not really that great as far as getting out on, if there's even any ice left. A lot of uh, a lot of lakes really lost pretty much everything this last week. Now, when people if people do want to ice fish, there are still great ice fishing up in the mountains. You don't have to drive that far. What are a few of the places you're hearing about? Yeah, so there's all kinds of different options that you can head out to. If you just want to head out with a family and go somewhere close, something like uh, Golden Gate can be a pretty worthwhile location. Uh, Evergreen has been still holding decent ice up there as well. But a little bit longer range options have also been uh, really worthwhile. Uh, A lake that often gets overlooked, at least in my opinion, that's been really good lately has been Wolford Mountain Reservoir. Uh, Wolford has been certainly a very worthwhile location as of late. Um, And that particular lake has been producing really solid fish. I mean, we're seeing fish that have been uh, in that middle to high 20s even as far as inches. Uh, But then going a little bit further to the north, Stagecoach has still been producing and then if uh, a great numbers location, if you want to make a little bit of a drive or if you're located in the northern part of the state, uh, but Red Feather Lakes has still been doing pretty well also. And a lot of those lakes that are a little bit less pressured like Wolford still are going to be doing well with some of your standard early season presentations. So a brighter hot pink tube jig or hot orange, uh, trout magnets are a really good bet up there. And then even some of the new tungsten jigs from BMC have all been really effective. Um, you're not having to go quite as small quite as natural in those lakes uh you get away with a little bit more at least as of now and i would think that some of the lake trout lakes like green mountain granby grand lake would be starting to come on also man don't you absolutely i mean those big lakes like that are they've gotten pretty darn solid ice and the lakes that you can run 
snowmobiles on are, are pretty much all in full swing of things at the moment. Uh, Granby has been doing better with your darker colors. We've been hearing the glows and the whites have not been quite as effective. Uh, sucker meat, definitely, for your smaller fish as far as tipping that. But the larger fish, uh, try and stay away from that, from what we've been hearing more. Uh, the, the, the bigger fish have been being caught on the big tubes. Darker colors, smokes and olives have been good. But like I said, keeping that uh, that sucker meat off of there, at least as of late, has been effective. But great numbers have been coming out of Green Mountain. The bigger fish have been a little bit more toward the inlet area. Definitely a, a long run if you don't have a snowmobile for that. But all sizes of fish have been being caught out of both uh, Williams Fork and Granby both. I mean, we've heard of a couple fish in that 20-pound range, uh, so those guys are good. And then one piece of note, we've certainly made mention of this before, but especially those big Mackinac, they're such an old fish that uh, definitely take care if you hook one of those guys, uh, get them up, get a quick picture, and get them back down. And if you're going to keep some fish, uh, some of those smaller size, uh, under 20-inch eaters are certainly a little bit better uh, when we're talking about fish that can be upwards of 40 or 50 years old. Yeah, one quick note, you and I talked earlier in this week before we switched to a couple of freshwater spots or open water spots, rather. And that's it. We hear a lot of people talk complaining about their augers this time of the year. And, you know, a lot of people, you know, the, probably the biggest culprit is Georgetown because of the winds and the, the rocks and dust that blow off the, word, the road. But you get lakes like that where they're susceptible to wind, where there hasn't been a lot of snowpack. You get a lot of in the ice and it can take an auger blade out almost right away can't it oh yeah absolutely and i've been hearing about that like crazy as of late uh so a lot of people especially new anglers aren't quite as familiar with what you were just talking about but particularly as you mentioned georgetown with as much sand gets laid down on the road right there and gets blown onto the ice that certainly is a place that has it but even places like 11 mile can really be pretty susceptible to getting gritty ice. So making sure you have a second set of auger blades is really an important thing uh, if you're heading out there and and not just relying on, on that single set. And you and I have talked about it uh, over the last week here, but many people are looking to try and get their auger blades sharpened. But with the, the contour of those blades and, and the exact precision that's needed to just shave the ice rather than actually cut into it heavily it's very challenging to get an auger blade to get sharpened uh, just right so having that second set of blades and and making sure that that you're good there certainly can turn a day from uh you know not enjoyable at all into making sure you can still get through the ice so i've been hearing about it a bunch so make sure those blades are are solid there and and uh that's certainly something to think about if you're thinking about sharpening them i'd probably pass on that and just go ahead and buy that second set of blades yeah, and some manufacturers, you can send them in to get sharpened, but self-sharpening with auger blades is very seldom successful. We've got a couple minutes left. Um, a lot of people are anxious to get the long rods out. We've got some open water. Anything you're hearing up and down the front range or close by, but maybe we could fish with the open water? Yeah, as far as front range is concerned, at least for the next couple of days, we're still going to see some good open water. As you mentioned, it may freeze this next week, but probably not good enough to get back out on the ice. But places like Chatfield on the northern side are open. Uh, the warm water species have not really been uh, getting after it a whole lot out there, so it's been mostly trout. But all the whole marina area has been productive with spoons like a cast master or a small daredevil. Also, I've been hearing about some people catching fish on marabou jigs bounced along the bottom, so that's been effective. Uh, St. Brain State Park up north, we've been hearing reports of that really opening up. 
Uh, I've been hearing some folks doing well with the Flying a Bubble presentation up there right now, which is uh, a great one if you're looking to, to just catch some kids, catch some fish, or just in general. It's a great fish catching technique. But then the other thing to consider if you want to fish some moving water, we have great tailwaters all up and down this state and Pueblo. Uh, on the Arkansas River has been very effective, but we've also been hearing that Waterton Canyon has been productive as well. But with Waterton Canyon, you have to get up into the canyon a little bit more. Uh, that lower section with lower flows tends to freeze up a bit, but you get up on that main tailwater section below Strontia. Bottom, you know, the, the just first couple miles below the dam is all going to be open. And as far as fly fishing is concerned, small sand lawn worms trailing with a betis like an RS2 or a juju betis have been really effective up there over the last week or so. Yeah, and, you know, there's going to be tailwaters across the state, the Blue River, others, uh, fly or conventional. If it's flies and lures only, make sure you don't use bait in those areas. And we're going to see more and more open water. In fact, I'm sure Nate Zielinski is going to talk about it a little bit, too, coming up. But we're going to see more and more open water opportunities, and we're going to see a lot of trout and a lot of even walleyes. Walleyes are going to be a little tricky you're gonna to have to know what you're doing but coming close to shore up and down the front range and fish that were stocked last fall that didn't get a lot of pressure because of questionable ice could provide some tremendous opportunities here in the front range over the next next few weeks don't you think absolutely we're going to have some fantastic opportunities there and we'll be having good open water here before we know it so even boats are going to be uh going pretty darn quickly here so making sure all your gear is ready, especially on a year like this where we still could be having some issues with supply chain and, and manufacturing issues. So looking in your boxes, making sure that you have the tackle that you were missing last fall um, and, and being prepared with some new line all will help to uh, lead to a higher degree of success as we move into some open water periods for whatever species you may be targeting. All right, my friend, if people want more information, how do they get a hold of you? I'm a discount fishing tackle. We're six blocks south of Evans on the west side of Santa Fe. All right. We will talk to you again soon. Thank you. You bet. Austin Parr, always a great resource. Speaking of great resources, we're going to take a quick time out. Nate Zielinski is going to join us. We're going to continue ice versus open water. I believe he's at a tournament right now, and we'll talk to him about that. And then we also, in the next hour, Dan Swanson is going to come out and talk electronics, both ice and open water. He's probably the best with Lorant stuff. And then we're going to talk some competitive shooting opportunities for both recreational shooters and for people that want to get serious. All that and more coming up on Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan.